So welcome again to this double episode on PRSN Music Man. I'm going to start off with the history of PRS. What does it stand for? It stands for Paul Reed Smith, born in 1956 and the founder of PRS Guitars. He grew up in Maryland and he was the son of two mathematicians. Keep that in mind, smart guy. And other than math, he had a lot of interest in just playing the guitar. He always had this dream of just like building his own stuff and actually in school already started doing this. And then when going to college, obviously to study math, he actually found himself in a position where he didn't have the money to buy his own guitar. So he was like, all right, I'm actually going to go full on this time. So he acquired a, just a pile of wood and convinced his music teacher to allow him to build his own guitar. And the result was so impressive that his teacher at the time said, you know what, Paul Reed Smith, you're going to get an A for this course. So that summer, he actually started to become like a, a household brand in a way, because in the local area, people knew, hey, I need a guitar repair job. I'm going to go to Paul Reed Smith. And he was so into this dream of doing this that he said, all right, I, I think I have to pursue this more than studying math. And there were two events that sparked this interest in doing this. So the first was when he was asked by guitar legend Danny Gatton if he could repair the broken headstock of a Les Paul guitar by Aerosmith guitarist Joe Perry. So that was his first big job. And then the second was while he was at a concert of Johnny Winter, and he said in an interview later on, and I really like this quote, that night Johnny was so on fire that the whole audience was riveted on him. As I'm taking all this in, it occurred to me that if I died on the spot, no one would have even noticed. I had made no impact. I decided that when building guitars was my only real chance to make an impact in the world, I have to do this. So he dropped out of college to play and build guitars professionally. And while his playing, guitar, uh, playing career never really took off, uh, his building guitar uh, career did. And... Um, I think there was really two major developments that came together here. So as you know from the last episode, in the late 70s, Japanese, especially Japanese models, started flooding uh, the U.S. market with rather inexpensive models. And I think then the second uh, part was that the big brands, Fender and Les Paul, had been acquired by major corporations, and they had lowered the quality of production. So these two things coming together meant that there was an, an opportunity for him to just come in and build quality, high quality guitars and sell them at a really interesting price point. So the question was for him, how can I actually start a business? And in the late 1970s, he had already started building lots of different guitars. He was like, how do I get them into the hands of big players? So he would just go to concerts and be like, hey, I want to go backstage and I want to meet all these guys and I want to give them my guitars and have them play them for me. And this was quite a successful strategy. So here are a few names for you. Peter Frampton, Al Di Miola, Carlos Santana. These three guitarists were so convinced by just playing his guitars backstage that they ordered some from him and then they realized, hey, uh, this is actually a really good guy and this was for him a good moment to realize I can turn this into a business. But the main person who really put him on the map business-wise 
was one of the like VPs of Gibson Guitars, and his name is McCarty. So Mr. McCarty was a guy who has so many patents. And it was really an interesting position for Paul Reed Smith to be in because while he was putting all his own patents on the market, he realized there's this one guy who's like, who got his name all over the board when it comes to electric guitar inventions. It can be like humbucking pickups or styles like the Explorer, Flying V, SG, Firebird, just to name a few. And Santana, Carlos Santana actually one day was like, hey, Paul, you know what? You always talk about this guy, Ted McCarty. I'm just going to put you in touch with him because I'm Carlos Santana. And he did. And this turned into a lifelong friendship. And uh, Ted McCarty became Paul Reed's mentor to help him also launch his PRS guitar brand officially in 1985. Wow. What a story, if you ask me. So truly a guy who has gone from rags to riches and really lived kind of the American dream of doing what he does best successfully. And we're going to play a song by Ted Nugent. It's the song called Cat Scratch Fever. And we chose Ted Nugent because he played the second PRS guitar ever made. And I think that's why we can put him on this playlist. But personally, I'm not a huge fan of Ted Nugent for two reasons. Number one, he's endorsing Donald Trump, which I don't think is a really good thing to do. And the second thing, and that's something that I spoke to Reinhold about, is that uh, one of my favorite bands of all time, Pantera, actually covered uh, Cat Scratch Fever, and Ted Nugent said it was a bad cover, and just said really nasty things about Pantera along the way. You can't do that, Ted Nugent. Anyhow, here he is, Cat Scratch Fever.